Good morning. Please join me in the prayer of illumination as is printed in your bulletin. Open our ears to hear your word proclaimed in this place. Open our hearts to know your love offered in this congregation. Open our eyes to see your presence blessing us in this moment. Open our minds to see a beginning where we thought there was only an ending possible. Amen. Today's scriptures comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there you will see me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sarah. Sunday has come, amen? He is risen. Sunday has come. We have waited and waited. We have walked and walked. We have listened and learned, listened as Christ spoke to us from the cross. We have seen him forgive the seemingly unforgivable as he prayed, Father, forgive them. We have seen him care at a time where he faced deathly cruelty. We have seen his thirst go unquenched, and we have heard him cry out to the Father. We have sat in darkness and fear, but now we stand on the other side of the miracle. Worship, I hope, felt a little different this morning. Maybe you dressed up a little bit more. Maybe there was just an added bit of excitement. Maybe you couldn't sleep last night like I couldn't sleep. Maybe you came in anticipating the smell of the flowers, the familiarity of the Easter hymns that would be sung on this special day. Today seemed different when you woke. It wouldn't be the same old day. After all, today is Jesus' day. We had walked. We had waited. We had listened to Christ from the cross. But now today, today would be our payoff. We would arrive at the holy destination of our journey. But Christians, I ask you, what would have happened had we stopped short? What if we hadn't come today? We would be left with Christ's dying moments, with his cries from the cross. We can't be left there. If we are left there, we have stopped just short of the miracle. If we are left there, we stopped and we stand on the wrong side of the story. 
The way that we survive Lent, at least you've heard me talk of my struggles with Lent, and you've heard me say during my days of Lenten struggle, Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. On Thursday, I said, it's a bad day, but Sunday's coming. On Friday, I said, it's the worst day, but Sunday's coming. Just over the dawn, Sunday's coming. But what if we stopped believing on Saturday? What if we stopped believing just before God offers a new beginning? What if we stopped looking for Jesus? What if we stopped listening for God? What if we stopped heeding the power of the Holy Spirit? What if we stop ourselves just shy of the miracle, just short of Sunday? We heard Sarah read the familiar story of the women who would come to the tomb on that first Easter morning. They came to anoint the Savior's broken and lifeless body with oil. They came to fulfill their religious traditions. While they're on their way to the tomb, there's another story happening. In Luke 24, we read of two of the disciples who were walking away from Jerusalem. They were walking to Emmaus, a nearby village. They were broken. They had seen Jesus killed. He was dead, buried. It was over. All the promises, all of the prophecies were dead in the grave with him. Their story goes like this. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces down. One of them asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have happened in the last days? What things, Christ said. About Jesus of Nazareth, how do you not know? He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since this took place. Some of our women amazed us. They went to his tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body there. They came and they told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and and found it just as the women had said, but, but they didn't see Jesus. Christ said to them, how foolish are you? How slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things to enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if 
he were going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them, and their eyes were open. And they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While he talked to us on the road, and the scriptures were revealed. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the others assembled together, and they said, it is true. The Lord is risen and has appeared. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Friends, these Easter stories, they break my heart. The idea of Mary walking to the garden tomb with oils meant for the dead. She believed he was gone and she grieved for him. And these two disciples, these friends, these brothers of Jesus walking away from the city, leaving the people who had killed him. They were talking about all that had happened, recounting the horrific details of the past days. He was gone. Their future was dead, buried with him. Those who had gathered around him at the cross had heard Jesus say himself, it is finished. The victory that they had hoped for had not come. They were finished. But did you hear, in the middle of the scriptural story of the two on the way to Emmaus, did you hear the truth spoken by the Savior? Jesus asked them, how foolish are you? How are you so slow in your belief? He reminded them of the prophecies that that had been said that everything that they had witnessed had come true, all that had been predicted, they had seen. God's story had come to life before their very eyes, yet how did they not believe that he would rise? And then Jesus went point by point, all the way from Moses, through the prophecies, through all of the scriptures that they knew so well, and he retold his own story once again to his students. And still they couldn't see. They stopped believing just short of the miracle. They didn't see that they stood on the wrong side of the story, even though they knew the story. By their own choice, the miracle of God stood right before them, but they couldn't see it because they couldn't believe it. Friends, the the Jewish faithful, including these disciples, had studied these scriptures and these teaching their entire lives. They knew them by heart. These disciples, including Mary, had been taught by Christ himself. They had learned from him. They saw him perform miracle after miracle. They saw him heal lepers and the blind. They saw him call Lazarus from the tomb. They saw him walk on the water. They saw him calm the storm with his words. Yet they could not bring themselves to believe that he could really do the things that he said he would do. They couldn't bring themselves to believe that he could actually raise himself from the dead through the power of God's Holy Spirit. They didn't believe that the tomb could be empty because he was alive, just as he had said. 
They stopped believing on Friday. They hid through Saturday, grieving deeply while God worked tirelessly for them. Mary didn't believe as she walked toward the tomb, prepared to bless the dead. The disciples didn't believe as they walked away from Jerusalem, trying to find their way forward. They stopped believing while God was working their miracle. They stopped just short, and they walked away. While Jesus was overcoming sin, while Jesus was stealing the keys to death, in the midst of the Savior's greatest work for them, they put a period at the end of God's story. While Jesus crafted their salvation, they stopped just short of believing in God's ability to save them because it didn't look like what they thought it would look like. He wasn't the savior that they had bargained for. It didn't look like he was saving them in the way that they thought they should be saved. And so they couldn't believe that God could bring good. How many times have we done this? How many times do we do this? How many times have we looked at a situation and decided that nothing good could come of it? How many times have we forgotten all that we know, those things written on our very hearts? How many times have we forgotten God's faithfulness to us? How many times have we forgotten that God will make good come if we just wait? How many times have we tried to put a period in God's story while God is still writing? How many times have we changed direction and walked away from God in the middle of God's work? How many times have we decided that the story was dead and we come forward with our oils, preparing to anoint the death that we have declared? How many times? How many times have we stopped just short of the miracle and dug in our heels to try and stand on the wrong side of the story. Don't do it. Don't listen. Don't listen to the voices of doubt that invade the glory of God's faithfulness. Don't listen to the manipulation of the enemy who tries to convince you that God is not all that God says that he is. Don't allow yourself to stop short of the miracle. Don't allow yourself to cheat yourself of the full miracle of God's promise. Don't tell yourself it's a lie. Don't tell yourself that God can't do what God will do. If you just wait, don't stop believing on Saturday. Don't settle into Friday. Wait. Don't stand on the wrong side of the story. Don't walk away from the glory. We are Easter people. We are Sunday people. We have to remember, though, that as much as I love Sunday, and as many times as I've said, Sunday's coming, that Holy Thursday is part of our story, that the cross is part of our story, that the cross becomes the bridge to glory. We have to remember that Friday is part of our story, that death is part of birth. We have to remember that the silence of Saturday is part of our story but it's not the final sentence. And don't try to put a period 
at the end. God does not want us to stop before the story is finished. God does not want us to to call ourselves short of the full glory. Let God be the author of all good things. When God is doing his best work, stay faithful because Sunday's coming. And today, it has arrived, and all we are asked to do is simply believe. And all God's people said, amen. You may remain seated as we sing a hymn in response to the Holy